G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news, workers' stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR on the stolen lands of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The COVID-19 virus shutdown is affecting Australian workers across the board, but the high rate of casualisation in Australia has led the ACTU, the Australian Council of Trade Unions, to call for two weeks' pay for workers who need to self-isolate whatever their working status. We hear from the ACTU Secretary Sally McManus. While the virus is setting the agenda for policy, other issues like the national wage case, which sets the standard pay for the lowest paid workers in Australia, is being overlooked. We talked to Don Sutherland, former Chief Industrial Officer for the AMWU, the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union, for an analysis. But first, some union news. Twenty thousand Qantas workers stood down. Qantas and Jetstar have announced that two thirds of their thirty thousand employees will be temporarily stood down from late March until at least the end of May. Transport Workers Union National Secretary Michael Kane said Qantas was forcing its workforce to bail it out by standing them down and seizing future leave balances that were yet to be accrued. There will be very little work in aviation for a period of time. But it is only 48 hours ago since the federal government, after having closed-door meetings with the CEOs of airlines, announced a $750 million relief package. Now, the question that's on everyone's lips today is where is the evidence of that relief package when what Qantas has done is effectively asked workers to give up their hard-earned leave and future leave to bail out this company. Now, let's be very clear about this. Qantas is not saying to workers, you use this leave, sometimes long service leave that's been built up over decades, which workers are relying on to fund their retirement, to fund the education of their children. Qantas is not saying to these workers, use this leave now, and in the future, when the economy and the company returns to health, we will pay it back. They are simply asking the workers to fund this bailout. In Victoria, the Wage Theft Bill 2020 will establish new criminal offences targeting employers who deliberately withhold wages and other employee entitlements. Employers who dishonestly withhold wages, superannuation or other employee entitlements will face fines of up to $198,264 for individuals, and $991,320 for companies and up to 10 years jail. This problem is systematic. That's why our laws will apply beyond wages and include allowances, gratuities, superannuation and other accruals such as leave as well as ensuring directors and officers are held to account, said the Victorian Attorney-General Jill Hennessy. Offences will also capture employers who dishonestly falsify employee entitlement records, such as payroll records, or who dishonestly fail to keep employment records. The new record-keeping offences are aimed at employers who attempt to conceal wage theft by falsifying or failing to keep records. 
they ensure employers will not be able to avoid being held accountable through dishonest record-keeping practices, said the government. The legislation will establish the Wage Inspectorate of Victoria as a statutory authority with powers to investigate and prosecute wage theft offences. Employers who make honest mistakes or who exercise due diligence in paying wages and employee entitlements will not be guilty of wage theft offences under these laws, said the government. The government says it will also make it faster, cheaper and easier for employees to recover the money they are owed through the magistrate's court as part of reforms to be introduced in the future. The Federal Court Restriction on Protected Action Against the Maritime Union of Australia in the DP World Dispute has ended, leaving the MUA once again able to negotiate for its members. The unprecedented move to restrict lawful protected action under the Fair Work Act stalled EBA negotiations at sites in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Fremantle. Dubai-based DP World Australia, which is the largest stevedore in Australia, employing more than 1,800 waterfront workers, has been accused of aggressively escalating the waterfront EBA dispute by the union. DP World had sought to intimidate workers using workers' family and social benefits such as income protection. We've seen docking, actual sackings, threats of mass sackings, leave cancellation, attacks on democratic rights and cancellation of Christmas bonuses, said MUA Assistant National Secretary Warren Smith. MUA members are standing firm in their desire to finalise a new workplace agreement, but it must be one that addresses the deeply important job security issue as well as locking in vital workplace conditions. But that can't occur while DP World Management remains intent on launching aggressive attacks on Australian wharfies. The Australian Education Union reports that the annual National Assessment Program Literacy and Numeracy NAPLAN tests will not go ahead this year because of the COVID-19 virus. State Education Ministers met on March the 20th and despite the Chief Health and Medical Officer's advice that the preeminent closure of schools are not proportionate or effective, as a public health intervention to prevent community transmission of COVID-19 at this time, the decision not to run NAPLAN for this year has been taken to assist school leaders, teachers and support staff to focus on the well-being of students and continuity of education, including potential online and remote learning. Further, the impact of responses to the COVID-19 virus may affect the delivery of NAPLAN testing, including the operation of centralised marking centres and the implications for nationally comparable data if an insufficient number of students are available to do the test. This decision to not proceed with NAPLAN in 2020 also means that the scheduled testing of the NAPLAN online platform known as the Coordinated Practice Test, CPT, will not proceed. On March 9th, the Transport Workers' Union reported that the supermarket chain Aldi had lost its case against the TWU, the Transport Workers' Union. The union said Aldi has failed to silence the TWU and truck drivers speaking out on safety in a case it pursued through the federal court. The court threw out Aldi's charges of misleading and deceptive conduct, stating the pressure put on drivers transporting Aldi goods inevitably but regrettably 
occasioned contraventions by drivers of safety standards imposed by Aldi. Evidence by a truck driver in the case about being forced to drive a faulty Aldi truck would warrant serious injury, the judgment adds. The TWU said this is a huge victory for truck drivers and for all unions and civil society groups who should never be gagged against raising issues to do with human rights, environmental and worker abuses. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. While Australia is working to contain the spread of the COVID-19 virus, the ACTU is calling for two weeks' paid leave for casual workers if they are affected by the virus. 3CR's Emma Hart speaks to Sally McManus, Secretary of the ACTU. My name's Sally McManus and I'm the Secretary of the Australian Council of Trade Unions. Thanks for joining us on the program today, Sally. So casual workers are currently very concerned about their income. Um, Hospitality, music and arts and entertainment sectors have all been impacted and many people are already out of work. So what is the ACTU pushing for to support these workers? Well, the problem is at the moment is that our laws mean that if you're a casual worker, you don't get any sick pay and you don't get support if you need to stay at home uh, if you've got symptoms and before you get the test or you wait for the results um, of the coronavirus. And that's the same for gig economy workers as well. So this is obviously a big concern for, um, for all those workers. And so what we're saying to the government is that they need to step in because if they don't, a whole lot of casual workers and gig workers will keep working even if they've got symptoms. And that's obviously really bad for them, but it's bad because we're trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to stop the spread of the virus. So we need all workers to stay at home if they're sick. Um, But obviously, if you think that you're going to stay at home and lose all your income, that's a big disincentive to do that. And a lot of people will just soldier on. It's really a rock and a hard place in that kind of situation. And it's also not just casual workers. Um, Unemployed people are also being negatively impacted, for example, with job centre appointments and work for the dole obligations. Is the ACTU looking at supporting people in that situation also? Well, we're a union movement, so we represent our members, their people in work, but that doesn't mean we don't have a policy position and we don't advocate um, for unemployed workers because, of course, you know, unemployed people are part of the working class as well. So it, we've been um, supporting the call for a very long time for obviously lifting new start. It's um, you know, absolutely unacceptably low. And, you know, during this particular um, crisis that we're all going through, including the Centrelink workers and those call centres, I don't know how they're going to continue to operate how they currently are. You know, we should be suspending obligations and we should be... Um, uh, you know, waiting periods as well because, you know, obviously this is a time of stress for everyone and that uh, we just can't afford to have anything in the way of making sure that all people are supported at this time. You mentioned our legal situation with regard to casual work. I mean, do you think this kind of event points to the unsustainability of casual work more broadly? I mean, if we could change anything permanently from this situation, what what should we be aiming for? Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. Um, Australia's got the third highest rate of insecure work out of all of the developed countries in the world. And, like, we're way out there uh, in terms of the the average. So it's around 40% of people in Australia that don't have any leave entitlements or 
uh, are on these contracts where they might actually have 10 hours, but you know they end up working 30, and then they get dropped down all the time. So um, that's meant that basically risk has been shifted from a company or an employer onto the individual. And when it was on the company, it wasn't all on the company. So, you know, if you're sick, obviously you take sick leave, but at a certain point it could be shared between the two. Um, But now it's all on the individual if you're in insecure work. And so, unfortunately, this pandemic is bringing home the real-life consequences on a mass scale of what that means. It means that, um, you know, if all of a sudden there's a big downturn in business or if there's, you know, a, a health crisis like this, Casual workers and gig economy workers are left to fend for themselves, like as a consequence of 30 years of neoliberalism. So one of the key things we've got to do um, on the other side of this is to address that number of insecure jobs. We've got to reduce it, even if we reduced it down to the average of the other countries, like we should aim to, we should aim to that, around 20% of workers rather than 40%. That will make a massive difference to the living standards of everyone. And if we were ever in this position again, um, we know so many more people would have security and there'd be less people who needed to be supported. So Australia has doubled the average of insecure workers at 40%. That's right. That's right. The average is a bit more than 20%. That seems extremely high. It is. It's extremely high. That does include... Um, people that are permanent part-time workers but might have a contract that says, you know, you're guaranteed 10 hours a week, but in reality, you don't know how many hours it's going to be. Um, but that's not a huge amount of the um, of the overall picture. Remember, for casual workers, it's about 26%, and then you've got all the gig workers as well on top of that too. So it seems like this will have a very broad economic impact and the economic impact of this situation is still unfolding. Do you have any concerns about the unevenness of that impact? For example, we know that women already perform the vast majority of unpaid caring and domestic work if people are staying home and are also overrepresented in the healthcare and social sectors, for example, as nurses and aged care workers. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the biggest... You know, irony out of all of this is women that are now being dependent on on all levels to be the frontline response to the virus. So as you say, the healthcare industry is highly feminised in our country. Um, The community sector, which is obviously still um, operating and will be the frontline because we're talking about homeless services and disability support services, highly feminised. Looking at schools at the moment, highly feminised. And you look at some of the reasons why they won't close schools because they know that um, we'll be in a situation it's the same for healthcare about who's going to look after the children. Well, some expectation that, you know, the woman will look after the children. Not everyone's in a relationship with a, with a bloke but or in a relationship. But, um, you know, this is like the compounding problem. So, um, you know, there should be a whole lot of responses to this from the government, for example, um, if they did close schools uh, or they need more people in um, healthcare to keep them in work, uh, a whole lot of parents will pull their kids out of childcare anyway. Um, well, there's going to be more spaces, like so perhaps free up spaces for healthcare workers. Um, other countries have done other things to support those workers too. And the other thing is, is um, you know, where your partner's a bloke, well, he can be the hero and um, look after the kids during this time while, while um, women are man the front lines of dealing with the pandemic.
what are the best things people can do if they are a casual worker and they have lost their source of income? Well, um, if they've lost a source of income, it's, they need to get behind the push that we're all pushing and there's nearly 100,000 signatures on a petition to the government to um, grant all workers two weeks paid leave. That's not going to cover everything, but it's going to cover something. Um, that's a large petition in Australia and it's getting bigger and bigger every day. And the reason why that's urgent is the Parliament's coming back. And if, if that's the one point we've got for them to pass those measures, uh, that would give casual workers some bumper. And then, you know, the other thing to do is for us all to push for an increase in new start um, and, to, and to, you know, waive the requirements that are currently there. Uh, and then, of course, um, after we get through this, which we will, you know, we all need to campaign to reduce the number of insecure jobs. So join your union. Never a better time to join a union. Yeah. Um, if people want to find further information or perhaps the petition, where's the best place for them to go? Well, we've set up um, a part of the ACTU's website, so that's um, actu.org.au. You won't miss it. There's a big sign there about um, corona updates, and there's one section of it that's like a one place you can go to get all the information about workers' rights. And um, the coronavirus, in there you'll also find the petition, you'll also find regular health and safety updates, what it all means. You'll also see um, you know, what are your actual rights at work at this time. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. While the world is focused on the devastating effects of a pandemic, the issue of climate change and growing inequality are deepening. I had a word with Don Sutherland, former Chief Industrial Officer for the AMWU, the Australian Manufacturing Workers' Union, for analysis. There's been a rather tricky question for the ACTU in the last three or four months. It has not put any effort at all into public education about the annual wage review and what it might mean from the point of view of workers' incomes, despite the impact of the bushfires created by climate change on incomes in those regional communities that have borne the most severe brunt of those bushfires. And now, of course, because of the COVID-19, it has not talked about the annual wage review's significance in terms of how that pandemic interacts with the drift to general economic crisis. It's done very well in terms of what it's tried to do on some specific things about the bushfire crisis and now COVID-19. It has not done well, in my view, about a broader program that actually tackles and tries to reverse the character of the crisis. Tell us about what they've done well. The the focus in COVID-19 right now is on paid special leave for all workers who are affected with the loss of income, not being able to work for their income, casuals and other work. The primary focus in terms of public discussion has been on casuals, But the actual claim they've been trying to put forward to government has been on the situation for all workers because it's trying, this is its prime element, to look after the interests of workers in keeping wages churning through the economy with purchasing power and so on. And so do you think that that would relate to Qantas workers who have, I watched the TWU secretary on the news, he was clearly fuming 
about this notion that the uh, workers at Qantas would, one, be laid off and, two, have to take all their annual leave. And he yeah. quite clearly saw it as propping up a large company that has done nothing for its workers. Yes, that is exactly right. And I think Michael Kane from the TWU uh, and then the leaders of the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union and also the Electrical Trades Workers uh, have been united and terrific in their condemnation of the inadequacy and the wrongness of that subsidy because it does nothing to look after the interests of workers employed by Qantas. You've got to keep in mind that Qantas is one of the corporations that are highly skilled and effective in reducing their actual tax rate to around 2%. So there's a cohort of Australian corporations whose average tax payment is at around 2%, and Qantas is a part of that. And then on top of that, they're now getting this bailout, which is really not about the interests of workers employed by Qantas, nor about the interests of Qantas customers either. The Australian economy was just about to do a major nosedive. We were going to go straight into depression. And we also have the complete weaknesses of the capitalist system exposed by this virus. I couldn't put it any better. The economy was drifting into, and the drift was becoming more than a drift, towards a a serious economic downturn before COVID-19 emerged, well, it's a bit over three months ago now, out of China. And the fragility, actually, of this system, which in some ways is incredibly robust because it does get through these situations, but the fragility also within the system is revealed when along comes a virus which science shows can be brought under control reasonably quickly. It just can't cope. It spreads because of the Western capitalist countries having a very supercilious attitude to anything that comes out of China or, for that matter, any other Asian country. It spreads because they don't take urgent action because the system itself doesn't want to take urgent action. And so it suddenly escalates the pace. It speeds up the pace into economic crisis. What relates to that is the character of the Morrison stimulus packages. So we've had two so far, and both of them are against the ideological hard wiring. So they've done them begrudgingly and in the least possible manner. And that's now driving the situation towards probably a much bigger package. Now, what they say is associated with this is that they are willing to throw everything at managing the economy so that it does not collapse into full-on crisis. Well, that is bullshit, if I can use sophisticated broadcasting language. That is bullshit because... If they were fair dinkum, they would be saying that there should be a substantial increase for the lowest paid workers in the annual wage review. And they would be instructing and reinforcing that the Fair Work Commission, at the very least, stick to its statutory timetable. But they're not doing that. They are not throwing everything at the resolution or significant modifying of the crisis because the Commonwealth Government has not made a submission to the annual wage review. Submissions were... Right, so what they... I can't remember when a 
Commonwealth Government has not made a submission, even though they've been opposed to any significant increase in the past, they at least have made a submission. The ACTU is seeking a 4% increase for all workers on low pay, that is, workers on the national minimum wage, and that should be applied also to the minimum wages in all of the industrial wards. The employers generally have not specified a number but are pushing two things. Firstly, that it should be less than whatever the cost of living CPI is, which, of course, underestimates the real cost of living for workers. So they're they're looking at, say, something at around 1.8% at the most, right? But secondly, they are proposing that the decision be postponed to June and not to be implemented until a month or so after that. is in fact a wage freeze. The government's using the virus to actually just go out to lunch and the employers are using it to... To make the working class pay, particularly the, most, the poorest part of the working class. And then, of course, sort of sitting alongside of that is pathetic effort to uh, raise Newstart. If you're on Newstart, you'll take any increase, I suppose, but what they proposed, what is being proposed by the government is quite pathetic and inadequate on two grounds. Firstly, it's inadequate for the needs of people who need social welfare support. And then secondly, it's totally inadequate if you want to throw everything at putting more cash into the economy so that things get bought and therefore things get produced. So all in all, we have this sort of pretend, these uh, so-called packages, these stimuli packages, which are not stimuli at all, which I suppose is, you know, there's something perversely appropriate about that when it comes to Morrison and Company. We have to make sure, and so when it comes back to the annual wage review and things like that, it is really important, I think, for the ACT to be thinking about a program of demands that it develops amongst the people themselves their effort on the paid special leave, COVID paid special leave proposal, where they have got now well over 100,000 signatures in a petition, is terrific. But they need to apply that sort of thing uh, to a program of proposals that remind everyone that a democratic just transition on climate change is still urgent. We can't put it off until COVID-19 is solved. It's still urgent. And tackling inequality is as essential as ever right now within the context of COVID-19. So rather than just a single demand, a set of five or six or seven demands, including those that relate to one of the necessities of life, which is housing, so there we're talking about rent support or the waiving of rents and also mortgage relief and so on, That's the sort of thing that the ACTU is in a position to lead on. That's it for Stick Together this week. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne. It's made possible through the financial support of the Community Radio Foundation and we come to you on the Community Radio Network through your local community radio station. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and on iTunes. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there is a union for you. Until next time, stick together.